Welcome to LDS Real People Real Life's podcast. We are back here in 2022 for a brand new year. This is Stephanie Colvin. I am your host coming to you from Southern California here in Ventura. And thanks for joining us. And if you're new, welcome. So there are some accounts that I've partnered with at spiritualcrusade.com. You can also download the app, um, I'm going to get you that address here very shortly, but I wanted to share this with you because this is uh, an app that was spiritually inspired um, by someone in the church who I was connected with through my very good friend, Spencer at Latter-day Help. And what he has done and continues to do is gather um, LDS content creators who are... uh, creating content, whether it's for Instagram, Facebook, um, TikTok, maybe they're doing podcasts, uh, come follow me program. Um, it's a one-stop shop for members of the church to go there and look for any type of resources that you may need, uh, whether it's to teach a class, uh, to minister, Um, Maybe you're looking for something to supplement your come follow me studying or um, anything else you may be studying in the gospel of Jesus Christ is found in his church. Um, There is a wealth of information there and there is a lot of people that participate from varying backgrounds, um, not only education wise, but also varying stories and their path of conversion and discipleship. That can be very beneficial. And um, these are all people that have gotten together. And what they're doing is what essentially the prophet has asked us to do, which is utilize technology to span the world and bring it at your fingertips to gather Israel, to share the gospel, to promote the gospel, to help those that are in need of help and to be of service in any way you possibly can. So to download the app, you're going to go to app.spiritualcrusade.com, and that's app.spiritualcrusade.com, and just go check it out. You can go to spiritualcrusade.com and check it out there too if you'd like. 
um, before you download it and see whether or not you think it would be helpful to you. But um, I did want to highlight that a little bit because we are doing this to help um, those that are in the faith that are looking for um, any help whatsoever in their discipleship, growing their faith, maintaining their faith foundation. It's also a great source for people who are curious and wanting to investigate the faith as well. There's just a lot of information on there and you can um, access and get reach out to any of us. Um, everything is on there to do that with the information as far as our own each individual social media pages that you can reach out and contact us and um, just know that we're always here. That is the whole purpose of what we're doing and why we've partnered together. I do tag other people in my posts that I think would be beneficial to my followers, um, such as the Faith Seed. She's awesome. Just absolutely awesome. She's a convert and um, she has been through a lot in her life. And she's been able to use the gospel of Jesus Christ to not only change and to become anew, but to continue to push forward. She's getting married here shortly in Salem Temple. Um, and she has had a lot of challenges and trials. And she too shares how she's used the gospel of Jesus Christ to um, strengthen herself, to overcome, and to prioritize, to put the Lord first and to be a disciple, a uh, valiant, virtuous. Um, she's just awesome. You've got to check her out at latter day help. He is on Instagram. I think he has a Pinterest. He's on Facebook. He is awesome. He also has at latter day help too, which is his backup account. Um, very inspiring. And Spencer is, uh, preparing to go on a mission for the church. He is just got a fire for the gospel. Um, he's just awesome. And I just love and adore him. There's also another account called uh, find.christ. And uh, they post videos, reels, but they also do quotes and other content that I think is very beneficial. So you can find my Instagram account at LDSRPRL podcast on Instagram, same username for TikTok. And of course, feel free to reach out to me anytime on email at ldsrealpeoplerealize at gmail.com. Okay, now that we've gotten that out of the way, um, moving forward, I have gotten a specific request from someone who I have a lot of respect for. And um, I just love and adore him. He's such a sweetheart. And um, I was talking about him a little bit earlier. It's Spencer with that Latter-day Help. And uh, not only does Spencer help me sometimes with projects or podcasts or ideas that I'm working on, but he also is very good at um, giving me ideas and things to talk about, especially for his age range and um, some of the things that maybe the youth are addressing and uh, dealing with and kind of struggling with. So I wanted to focus on um, how do we hear the voice of the Lord? You know, the prophet, President Russell M. Nelson, has really encouraged us to develop that relationship and come to understand the language of the Spirit, which 
Um, it can be hard and elusive. And for others, it can be as if they've had this companionship and understand the language from birth and everybody in between. So um, I didn't actually realize that everybody had different um, revelatory experiences until I got back into the church as an adult in 2013 and um, started to kind of reach out and talk to people and realize that people don't really like to talk about their spiritual experiences. Number one, they're sacred. Totally get it. Um, number two, I think people just are very reserved when it comes to that sort of thing, even in the church. Um, and this is just my opinion based on my personal experience. Um, and I, I understand somewhat, I think, uh, when I came back into the church as an adult, I was wanting to be able to talk to people who were having revelatory experiences and kind of bounce experiences off so that I think that when we share each other's experiences, it helps the other person, um, to kind of understand, uh, it's like teaching in parables. Um, you know, the Lord teaches in parables because it helps us to really soak up and understand with that firm comprehension, the principle or lesson or doctrine that he's teaching. And so that's kind of what I'm looking to do here is by sharing my life and being very open in how I use the gospel and what we're taught, the doctrines and the teachings and the principles to reconcile the heart of my life. And by sharing that in hopes that the Spirit can impress upon your heart and mind and your very soul um, how the gospel of Jesus Christ is found in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints can help you too. Um, so this has been an awesome journey and experience for me. And uh, I am really looking forward to getting into this episode. So thanks for joining us this week. I am Stephanie Colvin with LDS Real People Real Lives Podcast. And I wanted to share a little something. Um, my sister-in-law, who is just an absolute angel, sent me this book called Don't Miss This in the Old Testament. Um, it's put out on Deseret Books, and it's exploring one verse from almost every chapter in the Old Testament. Um, they've been going over the chapters, and it truly has been one verse from each chapter. Uh, it's helped me with my learning and understanding of the scriptures, especially the stories that for me are the first time that I'm hearing them because I have not been in the Old Testament before. But I wanted to share um, a little bit from page 17. It's talking about Genesis nineteen seventeen, and it says, look not behind thee. And this is where we're learning about Lot and his wife, who when they were warned by the Spirit of God to leave Sodom and Gomorrah because it would be destroyed due to wickedness. Um, so, uh, Lot's wife had looked behind her and turned into this pillar of salt. Whether or not she actually turned into the pillar of salt, I think that the most important uh, message here is that for whatever reason, she longed for whatever was there in Sodom and Gomorrah. And what the Lord was trying to um, show them emphatically with just perfect love is that what he has planned for them and how he's providing after all he's the one that's warned them 
he's told them to leave, would be better than what they have. So the journey is ahead of you and it is better than where you came from. Um, But Lot's wife may never have considered that what was ahead of her could be better than what she was leaving behind. And I think that we do that a lot in our lives, just part of being human, um, that we're afraid to leave the comfort of what we know for the uncomfortableness, if that's a word, of the things that we don't know. And yet, who are we trusting in? We're trusting in an omniscient, all-wise, perfect, loving Father in Heaven. And Elder Jeffrey R. Harlan said this, Faith is for the future. Faith builds on the past, but never longs to stay there. Faith trusts that God has great things in store for each of us and that Christ truly is the high priest of good things to come. So you can see why it's so important that we can hear and understand the promptings of the Spirit. For Lot, it was to protect his family and to leave before he was going to be destroyed with the city and all of the inhabitants there. Um, Also being able to trust that the Lord just has, quite frankly, a better imagination than Lot or his wife. And that the promises of the future would be greater than anything that they could imagine that their life would be more blessed and fruitful with more joy as God continues to lead their life and and save and protect them from things that would bring them from harm. Um, I think most recently, if I was going to share a spiritual experience, I think on a daily basis for someone like me and I actually talked about this in my one of my older in season one um, at the episodes called Holy Ghost. So I interviewed on that particular episode my mom, Kay Lemon. And if you have an opportunity to go back and re-listen to that, please do. It was such a powerful episode talking about the Holy Ghost, how he's a gift that's been given to us, a comforter that's been left by our Savior and Redeemer, Jesus Christ, and our loving Heavenly Father. And um, we talk about inspiration and revelation there, but we're going to go deeper into inspiration and revelation here, remembering that any inspiration and revelation that I receive is for myself, for my family. Um, I cannot receive revelation from you or for you, but what I can do is share with you um, revelation and inspiration that I've received and my experiences and hopes that the Spirit can work with you and help you to understand and comprehend more the language of the Holy Ghost and uh, be a catalyst for you to continue to grow that faith foundation and your ability to hear the voice of God. We have been told by our prophet, President Nelson, that in these latter days, we are not going to be able to survive without being spiritually in tune, without being able to hear that still small voice and it is very subtle and it is very still. So this is why we talk about and discuss distractions a lot because distractions are very loud. They're very loud. They're normally going to take all of your attention away, especially if it's emotional. So an emotional distraction, um, it can be all consuming and when it's all consuming, it's so hard for the spirit to knock at that door to present himself to speak to you because your emotions 
which inevitably lead to more feelings, possibly anger, uh, resentment, frustration, being flustered. It's really hard to hear the Holy Ghost when you've got these things going on. So you just want to do the best that you can, in my experience, to try to get that under control. Um, Sometimes I'm really good at it. Sometimes I'm not. Sometimes it takes me a few days to get it under control. And during those few days, I really feel the absence of the Spirit. For me personally, because of my life and the situations that I've been placed in and the things that have been um, done to me, whether by my choice, someone else's choice, or because it was an experience that God and his infinite wisdom knew I had to go through. Um, I've always been very close to the Holy Ghost. Even when I was super little, um, there was some abuse going on in my life. Uh, this was before I turned eight years old. And um, thank God I was raised in the church and I was taught in primary about the power of prayer how to approach the throne of God, how to have real open conversations with him and pour my heart out to him. And when I was taught this in primary, I absorbed and soaked that up. I knew it was an eternal truth. Okay, remember the prophet has asked us to fine-tune our ability to decipher and discern truth and how important eternal truth is. And that's one of those eternal truths is that God is always there. The Holy Ghost is always there to comfort us and to be our protector, our guider, to help us to approach the throne of God, to feel his love, the warmth of his love. And uh, thankfully, every time I prayed, I always felt this encompassing um, like hug, like a parent standing behind me and wrapping their arms around me and holding me tight as I would pray. And that gave me a lot of strength, of course, being a young girl and having this experience. Um, the Holy Ghost just became like anybody else that I have in my life that I had trusted and relied on for protection and guidance. And um, kind of like a guardian. And that's what the Holy Ghost was to me. I never really understood how unusual or remarkable the relationship was because to me this had been going on since I could remember and I honestly thought that this just was how it was with everybody. I didn't realize until I had come back in the church in 2013 that people had varying degrees of being able to hear the voice. I'm not saying that I'm fluent at hearing the Holy Ghost but um, I continue to work on it and to hopefully become better and better and better is what I ask the good Lord to help me with. Um, I do believe that the Spirit can be your companion throughout the day. You know, we're taught the doctrine and the principles. It's very black and white that the Spirit, the Holy Ghost is given to us at baptism, which is a gift through the power of the priesthood. And... um, We can have this gift, this companionship, 24-7, but we have to behave and live a certain way. And all of that makes sense. I totally get it, and I completely agree. But I just want to say, and this is me bearing my testimony, and then my wish is that the Spirit can help you comprehend 
and absorb what you need to to help you in your life and your world hear that still small voice. Um, uh, you just, you know, when we talk about these names that are given to the Holy Ghost, and I'm sorry for that moment of silence, I'm just getting my thoughts together and giving a moment for me to kind of get everything um, organized. The Holy Ghost loves to talk to us and to be our companion. Um, we have to be valiant and virtuous and repenting. We have to be putting our best foot forward. Um, it always takes me back to Justice Smith talking about if the gospel of Jesus Christ is not requiring all you have to give, will it be able to create, to develop the faith enough that you need in order to be a disciple of Jesus Christ and to follow him? Because things are going to get hard if they're not already. Um, but there is that gray area that I was talking about earlier. So my experiences have been when I've needed the Holy Ghost, no matter what is going on in my life, he's been there. Um, I've been in some dire circumstances and situations because of my bad habits and vices. I've always been someone, unfortunately, that has used chemicals to deal with my life, um, as well as the spiritual. And I wish that I could be someone that just used my faith a hundred percent of the time, but unfortunately I'm not. And, uh, thankfully the times that I found myself in, in near death experiences, um, because I was doing things I wasn't supposed to be doing. So it was putting me in, in circumstances and in situations and around people that were dangerous. Um, I, my mind might be altered because of the uh, chemicals that I've ingested into my body. And uh, when I knew or I felt that I was in danger or something might happen, I would always fall back on my faith, even if I was in an altered state of mind. Um, say a prayer, ask for help, and every single time, my prayers were answered and help was given. So I'm going to share this one experience. And if you've got little ears hearing, this is adult material. Um, so I just want to put that, that disclaimer of caution out there. Um, I want to say, I don't know, a year or so after graduating from high school, I had gotten really into... Um, stimulant drugs and I was on a really poor side of town um, I had been up for a few days and I needed to go to sleep I was extremely exhausted and I was in this trailer that was just I remember at the time I felt comfortable and I just wanted to sleep I didn't care where I was sleeping you know what the conditions of the sleeping environment was I just needed sleep, and I got that sleep. 
Um, I woke up and after a few hours, and I just remember I had this really intense feeling that something was wrong, um, that I was in danger. And uh, I immediately closed my eyes and I said, Dear Heavenly Father, I don't know what's going on, but once again, I've placed myself into a position that compromises my safety. And I did this unwittingly, but hindsight being 2020, and of course, having the experience and wisdom I do now at the ripe old age of 49, I should have known better. And I just asked him to help me to know what to do and how to get out of there and to get home safely. Um, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. I got up. I knew exactly what to do. Even in the state of mind that I was in, I had all of a sudden become sober and clear and was able to get myself out of that situation. Um, thankfully, my car was in good working order. Start the car up, leave, go home. And my parents were always very good at teaching me, you know, gratitude prayers. And so when I got home, I took a shower and went into the room and I just poured my heart out to Father, um, thanking him for always looking out for me, even when I'm in such a self-destructive mode when I'm doing things that I know I shouldn't be doing. Um, but I'm using that to deal with my life. And his mercy, I always felt his mercy and grace and his love. That he loved me in that set of circumstances with all of my flaws and weaknesses. That he loved me. Now, Father knew that giving me that experience that one time wasn't going to snap me out of it all of a sudden because unfortunately that's not what happened. Um, I found myself in another situation uh, sometime later where once again I was chemically altered and inebriated and uh, decided to leave a party early. Um, I didn't feel comfortable there and I just got the impression once again inebriated that I needed to leave. And so I started to walk home. Normally, I drove wherever I went because I didn't want to rely on other people. This time, unfortunately, I did not do that. So I was walking home and I had to cut across um, a college campus because it was just a shortcut and it made it easier. It was nighttime. It was late at night and it was super, super dark. It was a huge parking lot. Nobody was out there. And um, all of a sudden, I heard this noise. And so I stopped and I would look around, but I couldn't see anything because the campus portion that I was in was the ag portion. So <clears throat> that the agriculture portion. So it was just really dark and I couldn't see anything. So I would start walking again and then I, the noises and the, the got louder and louder and louder. And I just became more scared. Like the hair on my neck stood up. Um, I remember I got goosebumps and I just stopped. I folded my arms and I said, Father, I need thee. I need thee and I need thee now. Please help me to get home and just protect me. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. As soon as I said amen, once again, completely sober, clear-headed, and I started to run. At that time, I used to run five, six miles a day and, um, it was easy for me to do, so I ran home, and I got home safely. So why am I sharing this? 
I think we need to understand as disciples of Jesus Christ that the gospel of Jesus Christ is very simple. It's so simple that a child can understand and it's very black and white. As we get older and uh, we start living life and having experiences, there just becomes a lot of gray area. And I think this is one of the reasons why we need to really reserve judgment. Judgment for other people, other church members, you know, our friends, family, people in our lives. Um, Their relationship with the Spirit of God is between them and God. Um, my experiences aren't necessarily going to be your experiences. Okay. But I felt like it was important to share because there are these gray areas and we need to understand that we're not abandoned. Even when we're doing things that we're not supposed to be doing, we are not abandoned. We're never alone. Um, the moment that we decide to look up and turn our hearts to heaven is the moment that we invite the Spirit of God into our lives at that point in time, in that present time. And I think this is a powerful piece of knowledge because the world and anti-LDS members and Lucifer would have us believe if we're not perfect, we can't be loved. If we're not doing everything that we're supposed to do exactly right, We can't be blessed if we're not uh, perfectly attending church and the temple and doing family home evening and scripture studying. All of a sudden we start telling ourselves, well, this happened because I didn't do this, so I didn't deserve that blessing. And I think we need to be very, very careful about that line of thought because it is negative and it is contrary to the divinity of Jesus Christ and heavenly father they just do not work that way they already know our lives from the beginning to the end to the middle and they have already decided and determined to help each and every one of us remember they know every hair in our head to help each and every one of us make it home knowing exactly what we're going to do already but they're patient, they're long-suffering, they allow us to use our agency to live our life and to bless us perfectly, only as God and Christ can know how to bless us perfectly. So we can rely on them, have trust and confidence, right? Um, Why would we ever lean upon any type of wisdom, logic, or sense that comes from the world, We can take it in and absorb it, but we need to immediately put it in its proper place. The world would have you believe that you're smarter than God, that you know better than Christ. Um, The world would have you rationalize the things that you want to do. Maybe you have a desire to do something that you know would put you off from the Savior. Um, And the world would say, it's okay, you can repent. We've got to be very, very, very careful of that. Um, But I do believe that there are going to be some things that we're just going to repent of often throughout our life. And that may be really hard to overcome. Uh, Moving on, I wanted to um, share also a couple of other experiences that I've had. 
with the Spirit of God. I know there was one I had met my husband in a very, very worldly circumstance. We actually met on a dating app. And I was inactive. He was not in any type of um, religion. And uh, when we met, it was, again, very worldly circumstances. Um, We went out. We had a couple of drinks. We had dinner. Enjoyed each other's company. Um, We just really hit it off. And I could tell that there was this immediate connection right when we met, which was very unusual for me. Especially, I, I was only eight months out of my second divorce. Um, he and I started to spend time together. We lived in different cities. He was going to start working again. He's a teacher. And, uh, so I came out one last time before he started working again. And, uh, we had a great visit, but there was a little bit of a, um, uh, I want to say like a, a conflict, maybe a disagreement, that he and I had about the status of our relationship. And so I wanted to leave. After all, I was leaving my children, who were 17 and 19 at the time, to come and spend time um, with my then potential boyfriend. And uh, I didn't have time to mess around. No playing games. You know, if you're trying to date me and, you know, three other girls, I just don't want to have anything to do with it. And so I tried to leave. Um, I packed everything up, got in my car, I took off, and I'm a very um, independent person. Um, my life has taught me that I'm a survivor, and uh, sometimes that can be taken um, as if I just don't care a lot. You know, I, I don't care so much that it doesn't derail me or whatever the case may be, Um for example, in a relationship, you may feel that you can't breathe or eat or live without this person. And that's very much how I feel about my husband. But I also know if something happened to him, you know, heaven forbid, that I would be okay. Because that's the one thing that I learned about myself is that no matter the circumstances, I'm a survivor. Um... And I'm grateful for this blessing and for the strength that God has given to me in my life. But um, I'm sharing that with you because, uh, once again, I got to get my thoughts organized here. Um, When I left, it was like the further I got from him. So as I started to leave the apartment complex, drive out into the street, you know, go to the light, get on the freeway, I felt this intense, it was like there was a tether between my chest and his, and my chest just started to, um, oh my gosh, get sucked in, as if I wasn't breathing, and it started to hurt, so the farther away I was driving, the more I was experiencing this, so I had to get off the freeway and I pulled over and I was thinking to myself, like, what is going on? Like, I don't have a problem leaving situations at this time in my life that I know aren't good for me. So why am I having the hardest time leaving the situation and going home? I don't understand. And then the emotions just started to come. And I just started to cry and I just could not understand what was going on. Again, at this time, I was not active in the church. 
okay? But I'd always believed in the church, and I knew that the church was the church of Jesus Christ, that this was his church, one baptism, one religion, one way home. Um, but it was just hard for me to be an active member because of my lifestyle and the things that I were I was doing at the time. Uh, so I turned around and I came back and it was so interesting because as I jumped on the freeway and I was getting closer and closer back to the home, the tether started to release and all of a sudden that, uh, feeling like my chest was caving in started to release and I started to feel better and fine. And as I was getting closer to him, I started to feel as if this is where I'm supposed to be. This is home. This is who I'm supposed to be with. And it just felt right, but I couldn't understand why. At this point, I had only known him for maybe six weeks, and I had only spent time with him maybe three weekends out of that six weeks. So I get back. I uh, go to the house. I walk in, and right when I walk in, he looks at me, and I look at him, and it truly was like one of those scenes in a movie. It all of a sudden time just slowed down and he had a well of tears in his eyes. And I could tell immediately that he wanted, first of all, me and our relationship. And secondly, that he knew that he had made a mistake. But I think the biggest thing that was rammed home to me in that experience was I felt like I was in the right place, the right man, the right city, and I had to figure out what was going on, but I knew I was with the right person. See, looking back on that, I didn't realize how much the spirit was working with me, but this man that I had met on a dating app in such a worldly circumstance with a worldly lifestyle, okay, became the man that brought me back into the gospel. I was converted to making the changes that I needed to make by watching his conversion and his spiritual experiences firsthand. It was marvelous. It was miraculous. Watching him go through his conversion process was such a sweet experience of, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but when you work with the, the spirit and you feel the spirit, it feels like a sing-song moment where you just feel good. It's like warm honey just rolling over your entire body. And that's how I felt. I was ready to make the changes necessary to purify and sanctify my life, to get back into the gospel, to get my temple recommend, to be sealed for time and all eternity to this man who holds the priesthood. Okay. I had wanted this my whole life, even though I hadn't led the life to get it. I had wanted this. This is my deepest, darkest desire. And God answered that prayer perfectly in a very worldly package. 
So fast forward a few years, and as I look back on that one night when I tried to go home and break off, break everything off with my then potential boyfriend, I know that that was the spirit working with me and warning me and basically screaming at me to turn around. This is your eternal life that you're leaving. This is your eternal companion. This is the joy and happiness that God has provided for you. And this is the path. You need to get your derriere back there. Um, I'm grateful for the Holy Ghost and how he, in his infinite wisdom, knows when to be a still small voice and to be persistent. Um, coming back and uh, staying with my then potential boyfriend and letting the relationship grow and blossom and uh, all the changes that have happened, him getting baptized, us married, sealed, you know, still very active in the church has been such a tremendous blessing to us, but not just to us, also to our families, um, our children. Uh, the blessings definitely trickle down and they trickle out. And uh, I am grateful for this. So I wanted to talk about um, some other ways that I feel the Spirit and in my experience, what I know about the Holy Ghost. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that He truly is the third member of the Godhead. I know that He loves us perfectly, just like Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ do. I know that He loves to be the Holy Ghost, the Spirit that can influence us and guide us protects us and love us here on earth. Um, oftentimes I feel him like that burning in the bosom. So is it truly a fire? Sometimes I want to say maybe once or twice it was a fire in um, my chest area. And that was typically because he was really trying to get my attention and it was an imperative, um, you know, very important situation. But normally I feel a warmth in my chest um, and that can radiate out depending upon the impact that the Holy Ghost is wanting to make upon me from my chest out to my extremities. So I would feel it through my shoulders, my arms, down through my sides, into my legs. Um, sometimes I can feel the warmth of the spirit start from the tip of my toes and run up my body all the way up to the top of my head. Other times I feel what I call happy goosebumps. So these are goosebumps that are not scary. They're happy goosebumps because I know and I can feel the spirit of God. The Spirit of God will always be impactful. There will always be something that is good resonating within you, around you. Um, some other ways I felt the Spirit is definitely through emotion. I think that uh, I've really had to learn to get my emotions under control when I'm serving the Lord because the emotion can detract from the service. Um but it's super hard to get those emotions under control when you're really feeling the spirit strong. Um, an example would be like bearing my testimony. Oftentimes when I get up to bear my testimony, it's because the spirit has ridden me so hard sitting in that pew 
I mean, literally my heart's pounding and I'm saying, no, I don't want to go up there. And the spirit's saying, I need you to do this. And then I'm wanting to obey the spirit and to please God and to please the spirit. But I don't really want to go up there and talk in front of everybody. Um, and my heart will just pound and pound and pound adrenaline flowing until I finally just get up and go up there and bear my testimony. Um, more often than not, when I bear my testimony, I don't remember what I said. And I have found through talking to other people that when you work with the spirit, it's really hard to remember what you said. Um, because it was so spiritually dialed in and prompted. So that's another way that I felt the spirit and I felt inspiration and revelation. I often do feel, um, and receive revelation when I'm doing ministering, which I think has been, uh, very interesting. Um, ministering is such an important part of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We take care of each other through the program of Jesus Christ. And part of that is ministering. Um, and when we do this and we truly are the hands of the Lord, we are then given inspiration and revelation. Um, it entitles us to further inspiration and revelation. And I'll never forget, I was driving on my way to go visit the sister. And as I was driving on my way to go visit her, this thought was placed in my mind. It was very vivid about a potential calling that I would have in the future in Relief Society. And I remember thinking to myself, like, why would I get that all of a sudden placed in my mind as I'm going to visit, teach, or minister to this sister? And the next thought that was placed in my mind was, because of your service, your sacrifice, and your obedience, I am giving you further pearls of wisdom and revelation. So the lesson there was, as I minister, the Lord reveals to me in his perfect timing, revelation and inspiration that is important. So I hope this has been very helpful. Um, if you have any questions or anything that you would like clarified, please do not hesitate to DM me on Instagram at LDSRPRL podcast. Um, but you can also email me at ldsrealpeoplereallives at gmail.com. Uh, I hope that the Spirit has been able to um, impress upon your heart and mind um, maybe what will work for you or inspire you to do certain things, maybe something new uh, to grow your faith foundation and your ability to hear the Spirit of God. I wanted to quickly cover a talk called Answers to Prayer by Elder Brooke P. Hells. He is an Area 70, and he says the Father is aware of us and that he knows our needs and that he will help us perfectly. Um, and that is the one person or two people who can do things perfectly is God and Jesus Christ. Um, it's an important and comforting doctrine of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that our Heavenly Father has perfect love for His children. He goes on to say, because of that perfect love, He blesses us not only according to our desires and needs, but also according to His infinite wisdom. As simply stated by the prophet Nephi, 
I know that God loveth his children. So we're in Come Follow Me in the Old Testament right now. We are learning about all of the Old Testament people, prophets, their wives, their families, and everything that they're going through at that time. Life was so different, wasn't it? And we know that they too had their own trials and challenges, their own pains, sorrows, and sufferings, their own need to be consecrated and refined so that they could be presented to the Lord at the end of their life. Um, a lot of them led lives that would not be saintly. A lot of them have led lives that were outside of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And yet the Lord still utilized them to bring about his kingdom. Because he is the God of miracles. He is the God that knows everything perfectly. And so therefore he can bless us perfectly. Uh, one aspect of that perfect love is our Heavenly Father's involvement in the details of our lives. He truly is involved in the details of our lives even when we may not be aware of it or understand it we seek the father's divine guidance and help through heartfelt and earnest prayer and i truly believe in the power of prayer it is true it is there and god hears us when we honor our covenants and strive to be more like our savior we are entitled to a constant stream of divine guidance through the influence and inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Now, again, I'm taking this from a talk called Answers to Prayer by Elder Brooke P. Hales. The scriptures teach us, For your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him, and he knoweth all things, for all things are present before his eyes. So the prophet Mormon is an example of this. Um, he did not live to see the results of his work, yet he understood that the Lord was carefully leading him along. And when he felt inspired to include the small plates of Nephi with his record, Mormon wrote, And I do this for a wise purpose, for thus it whispereth me, according to the workings of the Spirit of the Lord which is in me, and now I do not know all things, but the Lord knoweth all things which are to come. Wherefore, he worketh in me to do according to his will. So that's all Mormon had to do was just be faithful and obedient. And he could help bring about the Lord's purposes. Although Mormon did not know the future loss of the 116 manuscript pages, um, the Lord did and prepared a way to overcome that obstacle long before it occurred. The Father is so aware of us that he knows our needs and will help us perfectly. Sometimes that help is given in the very moment or at least soon after we ask for divine help. Sometimes our most earnest and worthy desires are not answered in the way that we hope, but we find that God has greater blessings in store. And sometimes our righteous desires are not granted in this life. Um, just allow me to illustrate through... Maybe an, an account or two, the ways our Father in Heaven may answer earnest petitions that are given to Him. So I'm going to share a couple of stories from Elder Hells. He says, Our youngest son was called to serve as a missionary in the France-Paris mission, 
In preparation to serve, we went with him to purchase the usual shirts, suits, ties, and socks, and an overcoat. Unfortunately, the overcoat he wanted was not immediately in stock in the size that he needed. However, the store clerk indicated that the coat would become available in a few weeks and would be delivered to the Missionary Training Center in Provo prior to our son's departure for France. We paid for the coat and thought nothing more of it. Our son entered the Missionary Training Center in June, and the overcoat was delivered just days before his scheduled departure in August. He did not try on the coat, but hurriedly packed it into his luggage with his clothing and other items. As winter approached in Paris, where our son was serving, he wrote to us that he had pulled out the overcoat and tried it on, but found that it was far, far too small. We therefore had to deposit extra funds in his bank account so that he could buy another coat in Paris, which he did. With some irritation, I wrote to him and told him to give the first coat away and as much as he couldn't use it. We later received this email from him and it says, It is very, very cold here. The wind seems to go right through us, although my new coat is great and quite heavy. I gave my old one to another missionary in our apartment who said that he had been praying for a way to get a better coat. He is a convert of several years and he has only his mom and the missionary who baptized him who are supporting him on his mission and so the coat was an answer to a prayer so I felt very happy about that do you see how the Lord knows perfectly how to bless us he knows what our needs are and he knows perfectly how to bless us and we can rely on him with utter confidence Heavenly Father knew that the missionary who was serving in France, some 6,200 miles away from home, would urgently need a new overcoat for a cold winter in Paris, but that this missionary would not have the means to buy one. Heavenly Father also knew that our son would receive from the clothing store in Provo an undercoat or overcoat that would be far too small. He knew that these two missionaries would be serving together in Paris and that the coat would be an answer to the humble and earnest prayer of a missionary who had an immediate need. And the Savior teaches, Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. In other situations, when our worthy desires are not granted in the way that we had hoped, it may actually be for our ultimate benefit. We've got to trust in the Lord. Um, for example, Joseph, the son of Jacob, was envied and hated by his brothers. And I think he had ten brothers. To the point that they plotted Joseph's murder. Instead, they sold him as a slave into Egypt. If ever a person might have felt that his prayers were not answered in the way he had hoped, it could have been Joseph. In reality, his apparent misfortune resulted in great blessings to him and saved his family from starvation. Later, after having become a trusted leader in Egypt, with great faith and wisdom, he said to his brothers, Now therefore be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that ye you sold me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve your life. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in the which there shall neither be eating nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God. <clears throat> I don't know about you, but you can probably 
reflect in your life where you've had experiences like this and God has just, he's come through. He's been there for you. Um, try to remember and recall how that made you feel. What was the experience like? How did the spirit um, impress upon you whatever it was that you needed to do? And how did that feel? It's so important to understand how that felt because the spirit will communicate through feelings. And then please write these experiences down. These experiences are so important to be able to recall um, when you're struggling. Because you will struggle with your faith many times throughout this life. Um, it'll be good to recall and read those when you need a reminder of the strength and the um, power of God. Um, it'll be good to reread those stories when you need a reminder of how much you loved and so well taken care of. Um, so make sure you take time to do that. And I'm going to end this episode here. We could talk about revelation and inspiration um, all day long. There's just so much to talk about, but please remember that it's very unique and individual. I think just as with any language that you're learning, there's a lot of general terms and uh, verbiage that we use that are pretty general to everybody that most people can understand that are in the church. Um, and then we have that separate side where we have that unique relationship that's very singular with the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost. And um, I just want to encourage you to continue to to read, to journal, to go to church, to um, hit your knees and pray. Spend time with the Lord. Spend time with God. Make time to spend with God every single day. Even akin to like you visiting maybe your dad and sitting down and having a few minutes with him. Um, get to a quiet place. Shut the door. Uh, if you're outside, make sure you're quiet. You're alone. Close your eyes. Get connected with God. And spend that time with him. And he will reveal to your mind many great and wonderful treasures. And I promise you this. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Thanks so much for joining me this week. I was so happy to be able to do an episode this week. Um, Spencer, thank you for the subject and idea. It has truly been such a sweet experience. I hope this has helped you. I hope this has helped others that are listening. And again, if you guys have any questions or anything you would like to discuss, please know that I'm here to help. Um, always ready to help in any way that I can. And so are the members of the Spiritual Crusade. Please go to Instagram, Facebook, type in Spiritual Crusade. Check out their pages. And uh, until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and most importantly, stay faithful and remember to be kind. For everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. Until next time, so much love and God bless. Mahalo.